Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. And today we don't go very far from Markham to talk to Mira Lacks of Kaylee's Children Center. And she's the director of marketing. So welcome, Mira, and let's get into it. Where did you go? Hi, to thank school? you. Where did you go to school? Um, so I grew up um, in the Jewish school system in Toronto, and then I went to McGill University. Um, I studied English literature um, and double minored in art history and communications. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about your work experience. Sure. So um, I always wanted to work on a, in a job that focused sort of on writing and storytelling. So I'm very grateful that the stories that I get to tell are about the um, amazing children that, that come to Kayla's Children's Center. Um, I started my career interning in nonprofit settings, and then I moved to creative agencies. Um, I worked in corporate environments as well in the SaaS software as a service sector. Um, helping to sell media monitoring software and then kind of decided I wanted to focus more on writing than on sales. Um, so I took a job at an innovation and strategic foresight consulting agency called Idea Couture. Um, and I edited the magazine that they produced in-house um, all about innovation and design and strategic foresight. Um, I loved that job um, a lot, but once the company was acquired, I decided to move back into nonprofit and focus on something that was a little bit more meaningful. Um, I worked at UJA for a few years, which is a large funding body for Jewish schools, camps, and social services in the city. Hold on, UJA. <laughs> you better explain that to our listeners. UJA is a United Jewish Appeal. Um, it's a federation in the city. It's like a, it's a large umbrella organization that provides funding, um, to various Jewish organizations across, across the GTA. Um, oh, and GTA. The, the greater Toronto area, sorry, I'm very local. Um, and, um, and I was director of marketing strategy there before coming to Kayla's Children's Center in 2021. Okay, so Kayla's Children's Center, where did the name come from, and what's the purpose of the organization? So we are a school, a therapy clinic, and a recreational center for children with disabilities and complex medical needs. The name Kayla's Children's Center um, is named after a young woman named Kayla Saruya, um, the Saruya family was very instrumental in us becoming the large organization that we are today and acquiring the building that we're in um, currently in Thornhill, just outside of Toronto. So um, the building, the whole, the whole organization is named in, in her honor. Okay. So you said, how many staff do you have? We have um, around 150 staff. Um, it sort of ebbs and flows depending on the time of year. 
Um, we have our core staff of teachers and support workers and therapists, and of course the school administration. And then in the summer, um, we have an influx of um, of younger staff who come to work at our summer camp. Okay, and what is your job as director of marketing? Um, so as I said, my uh, my favorite part of my job as director of marketing is telling the stories of of the children and the families who who use our services. Um, I'm responsible for anything from social media to um, preparing materials for donors to um, creating um, reports that sort of explain the impact of the donations that we receive and supporting fundraising in that way. Um, event materials, any sort of uh, material that needs to be designed or written, um, I, I work on with my team. Okay. So how big is your team? Um, the marketing team itself is very small. It's me and one other person. Um, I work very closely with our fundraising and events manager as well. Um, but it's really just the two of us. And then the broader sort of development team involves the executive direct director, uh, Yaffe Scheinberg, who started this organization, um, as well as our director of finance. Okay. So what are the services that are offered in a little more detail? Sure. Um, we have quite a broad range of services. We run programs all year round, um, including a summer camp that I mentioned, as well as an overnight camp. Um, we offer six different types of therapy, so physiotherapy, occupational therapy, um, music therapy, um, and speech therapy. We also recently opened a hydrotherapy pool. Um, so now we're doing physiotherapy and occupational therapy in the water as well, um, which has been really incredible. It's the only fully accessible pool in the region that we're in, in all of York region. So um, there's a ramp where a child can roll right into the water in a water wheelchair. There are sensory lights and fountains. There are change tables that are large enough to hold a fully grown adult with a disability. There are lifts to get people out of their wheelchairs onto those change tables and then back into a water wheelchair to go in the water. So that's been incredible. That opened just in December. Um, and then we have a full school. So we have a school for children 18 months to 21 years. And before they're 18 months old, they can come to our infant program twice a week. So we offer programming six days a week. Um, and we're open on Sundays so that parents can drop their children off to play at the center while they run errands or spend time with their other children. And we also run um, weekly sleepovers at our at an apartment that we that we partner with another organization to use an apartment that they own once a week. So um, we have sleepovers for our kids so that their parents have a night off and there's respite there for them and our kids get to experience sort of the the magic of having a slumber party that's so important for a child's development and social skills that they wouldn't otherwise be able to have without medical staff overseeing it and senior staff overseeing it and volunteers giving us their time to spend with our kids so it's really as many services as we can provide we try to to do that. So, Mary, it's not just for kids. It's also for adults as well? 
So our programming goes up until age 21. Some of our programs are capped at age 18. We really do focus on the pediatric space. We are slowly working on what we can do to help our children as they age out of our programs. Um, but our focus as an organization is on is on younger kids. And how do you fund the organization? So um, we do a lot of fundraising from our community. We raise about $2 million a year. We also, um, depending on the program or the child's needs, um, there's there's government grants and government funding as well. Um, the school itself is a private school, so the children pay tuition to come to the private school. But we try to keep that as as low as we can by by doing the fundraising that we do every year. It's It's heavily subsidized. You have a board of directors and a board of advisors? We have a board of directors. Um, yes, we have two chairs of our board that have been involved with the organization for a very long time. Um, and we have a number of board members um, who are very, very active in our organization. Okay. So moving forward, three years from today, assuming you're still at the organization, <laughs> As you move around a little, what do you think it would look like? Uh, I would love to still to to be here long term to to continue to see this this facility grow. Um, I think in three years, we're just we're just getting started. The last sort of five years have been this sort of more um, in in twenty seventeen. Um, a, a camp program, a summer camp program called Camp AIM and Zerenu, which was a school for children with disabilities for 30 plus years, um, merged to become Kayla's Children's Center. So the last five years have been spent sort of ramping up and dealing with that merger and making sure all the right people were in the right roles and we could provide as much to the children and the families as possible. I think the next three to five years is really where this facility is going to to shine, especially our new pool program. Um, and I would really like for more families to understand the value that we can provide for their children um, and feel comfortable sending their child here, even if they're just coming to the clinic for something like handwriting help or social skills help um, and sort of reducing the, the stigma that I think still exists about a child coming to a center like ours. Um, so that I think is the next phase of growth for organization is the community understanding that we are a resource for all families, not just children with severe disabilities um, or severe sort of learning disabilities. So talk about your involvement with the parents. So we provide a lot of support for our families as well. Um, we run groups, I would say almost weekly for for parents and grandparents and siblings of the children who come here. So a lot of that has to do with um, helping them feel like they're part of a community and that they have other people who can understand them. Often they don't feel like their peers or their friends really understand what they're going through being a parent of a child with a disability. So we try to um, create that environment for them. So even just like a barbecue for all of the dads or a night out for our moms. Um, a lot of the grandmothers come in to read to our classes or to do activities and crafts with them. So there's a lot of family involvement. We're always sort of thinking of 
every member of the family when we're putting a program together. Um, and then holiday parties and things like that. We also run that are sort of family-friendly events. How many volunteers do you have? That's a very good question. Um, it, it depends on the event. So something like our annual Hanukkah party, we would have a whole a whole grade from one of the schools in the area come and help us host a carnival or something like that or for one of the other Jewish holidays. Um, it really depends. It depends on the events, but we do have a lot of really dedicated volunteers, um, whether they're related to our kids or not, that feel that that form really beautiful bonds with our with our children and come back um, week after week to our Sunday program or um, to other sort of um, more frequent programs. We see the same the same teenagers come back time and again, and they're really committed to to the kids they work with. So I'm going to tell you a story of uh, a lady in Edmonton had a daughter with cerebral palsy, uh, her middle daughter, 14, and in a wheelchair. And uh, she and her partner, the mother and her partner, started an agency hmm. for people with disability. And they represent 50 people across the country. Wow. And they do photo shoots and all kinds of things. So they were in Toronto about four weeks ago, and the daughter in the beautiful dress and in her wheelchair did the runway. This wow. was a children's fashion show. And they got back to Edmonton, and they were interviewed by CTV News, which is kind of nice. That's awesome. That's fantastic. I think there's a lot more representation happening, especially in the fashion and beauty industry um, of people with disabilities. We also actually used to host a fashion show every year. COVID sort of put a, a, a spoke in those wheels, but um, our kids would rock the runway and they walked the runway at Toronto Fashion Week one year before I, before I worked here. Um, and it's really beautiful to see. It's amazing to see people understanding that these kids are beautiful too. They're just beautiful in a way that's di different than a, a neurotypical child might, might be. So um, that's awesome. That's really cool. Well, there's a group in Toronto, and I, I haven't tracked them down yet. What they do, there's three of them, and they go into a school where there's a child with a disability to get the rest of the class to interact. Hmm that child with a disability because in many cases more in the public school system they're bullied yeah and they're looked down on so this group of three or four people go into a school and they do a great job of trying to get them to interact with the other kids in the class so i think that's amazing. that's great yeah that's an amazing initiative we're we're lucky that our kids that our kids have each other to sort of um, form form friendships with. But we do a lot of integration. There's a school right next door to us um, that's a mainstream Jewish school, and they um, we do reading programs with them and a lot of integrated programming. Um, their kids are amazing with with our students as well. Excellent. What about high school students or university students? Are they allowed to come in as volunteers? Yeah, so a number of our volunteers are high school, university age. 
Um, a lot of our camp staff also um, are, are that age group. And then we have, because our program goes up to, to 21, we have high school students of our own. So we recently became a fully accredited um, high school program. And so we also like to have um, opportunities for those, those students to um, not just um, not just succeed academically here, but also have opportunities to do um, job placements and co-op type um, programs to really develop life skills as well. Um, so it's nice to have teens from like um, typical teens come into our into our school to interact as well. Terrific. So having said that, what new people do you want to come in and help you? Mm -hmm. um it's a good question i think a really big thing for us is just awareness awareness um, of the services we provide um not just necessarily from a fundraising perspective but from a, a resource a community resource perspective um, our therapy clinic is totally open to anyone to come here for therapy as long as the child is under 18 um, and our pool is continuing to expand its programming to be available to people that aren't just students in our school, but adults with disabilities or, or young adults with disabilities. So um, I think a, a big thing for us is, is building relationships so that people know that we're here, know that we're here for their family, and know that we're here for um, a, a child that they might not think that it needs a full center or a full year of, of um, intensive programming or therapy, but um, for smaller things as well, like I said, handwriting or feeding for babies or um, social skill development for, for younger children. So, Mira, talk about what the important are, how you measure the impact of what you do. <laughs> Um, so it's a combination of things. Um, we obviously get things like testimonials from parents and have more anecdotal sort of data to go off of the impact, um, the, of something like the slumber party, um, the weekly slumber parties, those, we get pretty immediate reactions from parents of the impact of, of being able to run a program like that. Um, in terms of the impact from a from a fundraising and development perspective, um, a lot of it's really growth. The more children we're able to serve and keep the cost of our programming either free or low um, is is a win for us. And um, being able to offer as much intensive therapy as we do in um, without our tuition completely completely skyrocketing is because of the support that we get from from very generous um, donors and partners. So um, the impact really, if you walk through our halls is the smiles on the kids' faces and the equipment that we're able to provide them and continuously updating our therapy spaces to ensure that we have cutting edge technologies and equipment to be able to keep up with the rate of innovation in this space and provide those those therapies to our, to our families. So, it's it's on the more emotional side than the hard data side, but it's um, it's palpable when you're walking through our halls. Yeah, when I was a volunteer with United Way, 
uh, one of the programs that I was responsible for was outcomes measurement. Mm, and mm -hmm. more and more today, uh, grant organizations and even the government require outcomes measurement to be provided before going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do a lot of measurement. We report back to our donors on a regular basis. We have an annual impact report um, with numbers of children who attend our programs and numbers of um, growth year over year. Um, and I think both both are important. It's really important for us to be getting our donors in our space at the center to to really feel the energy of the place, as well as giving sort of hard hard data points to say this is where your dollars went and this is what they did. Okay, so last, where do people find out more information? So our website is kalas.org, K-A-Y-L-A-S.org. Um, and the most sort of best way, I guess, to keep up with us, um, we're very active on Instagram, um, and our handle is at Kayla's Children's Center. So those would be the two best places to learn more. Well, thank you for your time. Very exciting area. <laughs> Thanks so much.